Hello, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. And this is Susie. Don't forget to go check out our blog where we post all of the books that we talk about. And we are just libraryoverload.home.blog. And then you can also check us out on Instagram where we're a little more interactive. And we are just Library Overload there. Guys, it's our 100th episode. 100th episode. Holy smokes. Like, it has three digits on it. I know. Like, I didn't even read 100 books last year. I didn't either. It was a rough year, though. So, well, 2020 was garbage. But we got to 100 this year. Yeah. But we have made it to 100 episodes. Yes, we have. I can't believe that. Sometimes it feels like we just started doing this. I know. I know. But then sometimes it feels like we've been doing it for forever. We have been doing it for forever. A hundred times. No, it really times. does just feel like the other day when we were sitting down to record our first episode and we were talking and I looked back through the blog and my notes and it was our favorite books of 2018 was our I first know. episode. What? <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. I know. And we here we are, 100th episode. What an achievement. What a milestone. Thank you guys for bearing with us this long. I know. That is a very long time to listen to us ramble. So way to go, y'all. Yeah, because we really don't have anything uh, important to say except for maybe like every once in a while. Truth. Mostly we just ramble about nonsensical things. Yes, that is very true. Mm-hmm. But yes, thank you for sticking with us all these these yeah. two years. We have a very exciting, and I'm going to say it, we have a very exciting episode for you today. We're kind of doing what I'm dubbing our greatest hits. So it's our greatest hits episode. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, we're basically doing um, our favorites that we've talked about the past couple of years. Um we're going to mention, we're going to talk about our favorite buddy reads and then we're going to talk about our favorite books that we've talked about so far. It's going to be a good one. I'm very excited. Yeah. And I can't even tell you guys how difficult it was to narrow it down. It was really difficult. So we are going to have some honorable mentions because we limited ourselves to five books to like talk about. And so for the past two years and three months, trying to narrow that much, that many books down to just five. Wow. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I had to list out all of my faves and then I had to do like a bracket in order to get it whittled down. And even that's then funny. was like, I, I'm going to have to yeah. name more. Like I made the rules. I can change them. <laughs> yes. This is the, um, what's that show? Whose line is it anyway? The points are made up and nothing ma- and every. No, everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's where, what I was trying to say. Yes, it is like, whose line is it anyways? All right, do you want to go first with your favorite buddy read or reads? Yes, yes, yes. So, our buddy reading has been, it's been a favorite of mine. It's been something fun that we get to do. And I enjoy 
talking about your hilariously bad picks and my so amazingly rude. good picks. Okay, I've only had just a couple of bad ones. So, like, the over-under on the scale, though, is in my favor of, How rude. of good picks. So, How my all-time favorite buddy read that we had is Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I initially, or I eventually decided on this one as my favorite because of the buddy reads, it made me feel the most things. I agree with that. There were so many emotions that this book brought out. And it was just spectacular. And I think this one, at least for me, I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it because it was in the 70s and I was like, hmm. I don't really care about 70s music. Oh my god. <laughs> a lot of people though. care about 70s music. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah. damn. In good. case you guys don't know, it is about Daisy Jones, and they pair her up with the six, which is another rock group, and they want them to collaborate on some music and then go on tour. And so it's about her story and their story and the the story of them going on the tour. It's all told in like an interview style. And it was just really interesting the way that it unfolds and the way that that it's telling you each person's part of the story. Mm-hmm. And so many quotes from that book are so spectacular. Oh, so good. Yeah. I need to reread. Like, it's one of those that I want to reread, like, immediately. But also, mm-hmm. it's one of those that I wish I could read it again for the first time. Oh, my gosh. I know. So but, like, good. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Like, like bawling my eyes out crying. It was just mm-hmm. so... It evoked so many emotions for me that that's why it stands out as the best one. Correct. I, um, so I, that was my number one as well, but, but because you said that I'll go to my number two because I couldn't whittle it down anymore. I'm sure your number two is one that I hated in this garbage. I think I know what you're going to pick. I think you are correct. (laughs) Um, so my favorite will be the logger queen of Minnesota. Vomit. I find it hilarious that you didn't like it. And I loved it because normally yeah. you and I are pretty much. On we the same are page. usually pretty. pretty um, on the same page. I just, I don't know. I did not. The slice of life type books are just not. You followed thing. them from their teenage years until they were 70. It was not a slice of life. It was decades, <laughs> but it's still. Plural. I don't know. I, I just didn't. I just didn't like it. I didn't think that many of the people in the story were all that spectacular. Okay. Well, in 2018, in 2019, I gave it five stars, and I was I, very stingy with my stars. You were. You did um, love it. You did love it. I just loved it. Oh my gosh! I thought it was a really good discussion book, though. Yeah, I could see that. But it was mostly you being like, "I hate it," and me being like, "No, it was good." Um, so this is by J. Ryan Stradall. And I loved it so much. So really quickly, this follows two sisters um, that live in Minnesota. And you follow how their lives completely veer um, once one of them gets the um, the entire home after their after their parents die. Um, the entire estate is given to one sister instead of split. And you see how that completely shapes their lives. 
Um, and it was so good. And you think you learn how beer is made. And I thought that was really awesome. Um, but then you, it's, it's just so much about relationships and how they form and how they break up and how you find each other again. It was just, ugh, it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> yes, you did love it. I, I just, I don't know. It just, it did not resonate with me. It, it's not a story that spoke to me on any level. I just thought most of these people were garbage. So, <laughs> and that's fair. That's fine. And that is like the epitome of what you and I have preached and preached is mm-hmm. not every book is for every person, but there is a person. Mm-hmm. for every book and that true. one was definitely for me um really quickly i want to talk about another oh, favorite buddy i want to talk about a couple of my other favorites as well no just me rude <laughs> um i just have one that i super mega want to talk about talk about and this was another one of my picks because my picks are just as good as yours <laughs> um so this is the soul of an octopus it was one of the ones I was going to have as a runner-up. Good. Okay. So this one. Okay. So I chose this. And Tavia was like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. It's like a a, a, a a nonfiction about an octopus just didn't, like, scream Tavia. <laughs> so, but you know. now it does. Yes, it does. So much so that I want an octopus tattoo because of this book. I got an octopus tattoo after I read this book. I've always loved octopuses. That's why I chose to read this book. And so, but it like it like amped up my love for them. Um, so happy with this book. So this is written by Cy Montgomery. She is this incredible person. She loves all things animals and. She has written multiple books about them. She's written about a pig. She's done um, an incredible essay collection called How to Be a Good Creature. That is gorgeous. Um, She's done this one. And then her book that she's currently working on that comes out this year, I believe, is about condors. And I don't really care about condors, but I'm going to read them. Condors. I thought you said, (laughs) I thought you said car doors. She's writing about car doors. (laughs) I knew it didn't make sense. That's why I paused for a second. But my initial... I was like, what is that face? <laughs> I knew that you saw it. But it, I, my brain just took a minute to process before my face caught up. Condors the birds? Yes, I got um, it. But I'm, go- I'm going to read it because she made me love everything about octopuses, even when I loved them already. Like, it just, it multiplied my love for them. So, yeah, she's phenomenal. What else you got for Buddy Reed? I have Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. We read this one really early on. Yes, I think it was our second Buddy Reed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Mm -hmm. It's about Trevor Noah, and it's his biography, sort of. Um, I mean, not sort of, it is. (laughs) It 100% is. I don't know why I said that. But he was born to a black mother and a white father in South South Africa during apartheid. So it's about Mm -hmm. his story and how he got to where he is now. Mm -hmm. And it was another one that just had all of the range of emotions and made you feel lots of things. And it taught me stuff I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And it was just really beautiful. It was so good. And I learned so much about Africa during that time that Mm -hmm. I absolutely did not know. Me either, um, yeah, too. So Me. that was really, it was Apparently amazing I can't speak learning English about. today. That's okay. It's our 100th episode. 
Um, that's what I'm going to say all day. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's okay. It's my 100th episode. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was saying. You learned so much about Africa. Oh, yeah. I learned so much about that time. Like, I... I had heard about apartheid, but I, I never actually learned about it. So I thought it was much older than it actually is. I kind of did too. Yeah. So that was just super eye opening, but it was also like, his life is crazy. Yeah. They should make a movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also went and watched all of his stand-up specials and he's hysterical. So good. He's got the yummiest accent. I like it. Very nice. What else did um, you have on your list? Uh, I also had Good Omens. Um, it was a funny one. It was different. It was definitely different. It was different. And I had not made it through a Neil Gaiman book. And then it's also Terry Pratchett. Pratchett. Um, I have never read a Terry Pratchett. And I've never made it all the way through a Neil Gaiman book. The only Neil Gaiman I've ever read was a collection of short stories and they were so out there. It was really hard to read. I remember you reading it and being like, oh, I don't like it. Which is crazy (laughs) because I love all of his episodes that he wrote of Doctor Who. Now, I don't know if that's because because it's Doctor Who or because it was his writing, but... Probably because it was Doctor Who. I thought that I would like his writing more than I did and Mm -hmm. then I got into that short story collection and it was like this is so weird yeah he's an he's an odd guy though but I appreciated it yes like I appreciate the fact that he is weird in this day and age Mm -hmm. because in this day and age like it's like it's difficult to kind of be who you are who you want to be so I definitely support him yeah, I loved Good Omens. But and Good I, Omens, yeah. It's about the like the end times, the end of the world. They lose the Antichrist. It's hysterical. And so an angel and a demon are working together, like the and they kind of figure out, like, wait, I really like the world the way it is. I don't want it to end. My mm-hmm. life is good here. Mm-hmm. So they kind of team up to try to figure out how they can stop the apocalypse from happening. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. The show that they made from it was phenomenal. I still haven't watched that. Girl, it's so good. I can't believe you haven't watched it. There's so many things, Susan. There's so many things. What is his name that was the doctor that's um, David Tennant? Yes, he is phenomenal in it. We love David Tennant. We do love David Tennant. He still has sticky, uppy hair. (laughs) But I just, there's so many things. So there, many are, there are a lot of things, um, but dude, Good Omens, man, it's yep. so freaking good. Chris loved it too. Um, it was just awesome. It was so good. Um, I also wanted to mention She Said, which was breaking the sexual harassment story that helped ignite a movement. And that's by Jody Cantor and Megan Tui. And we mm-hmm. read that at the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. As I read it, it was so good. It's about the Harvey Weinstein case. That was a heavy book, man. Yeah. They're investigative journalists, and they are the ones that broke the Harvey Weinstein story. And it was really good. I didn't know any of the stuff that was happening, you know, when it was happening. So all of the information was new to me. And it prompted lots of discussions between you and I, between our spouses. It was just a really, really good discussion book. 
it was like a discussion book. Another one that I uh, want to talk about is The Bone Houses. Bone Goat! It was one of our favorites last year. We both absolutely loved it. Um, and this is by Emily Lloyd-Jones. Um, I literally chose it. I thought the synopsis sounded good, but literally the cover is gorgeous. And so I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'll judge this by its cover and <laughs> read it. But yeah, it was so, so good. Not only did it have an undead goat, a.k.a. bone goat, but it also kind of, it just, it covered everything. It covered the love for your family. It covered kind of this, like, save the world kind of thing that we love. But then it's just, oh, oh it was so good. It just covers all the things that you want in a fantasy. And it was so much that I desperately wished that it was the beginning of a series because I just wanted yeah. more. Yeah. Um, oh, it was phenomenal. So good. My last one that I want to talk about real quick was the 13th tale by Diane Setterfield. Ooh, it was really good. It's a Gothic style. I would like to style. point out that that was my pick as well. It was, it was. Um, basically there's this writer and she's decided she's finally going to tell her life story. So she invites this girl over to tell her life story. And her story is a little cray. And um, more than a little. <laughs> and it's very gothic. It's like a gothic style. Mm -hmm. So obviously lots of crazy things happen. There's a spooky house. But it, it was just, I don't know, it was really, it was different than what we would usually read. But it was mm -hmm. really good. It kept having twist after twist after twist. Mm -hmm. Like, you kept thinking, like, oh, that was a crazy oh, twist. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, that makes sense. Man, that I figured nuts. it out now. Yeah, and then another one would come. And then something else. And it was just, like, dear, like, literally up until the very last pages, mm -hmm. like, they were still blowing your mind. Mm -hmm. It was really good. I thought, like, I was excited about it. But then, I like, I loved it much more than I expected, too. Mm -hmm. It was a really good book. Okay. Real quick, I wanted yes. to say the least favorite book that I've that we've read as a buddy read. <laughs> Can you ever forgive me? And I don't even know who the author is because I don't even care. I hated that book. I hated it with the passion of a thousand fiery suns. It was terrible. Well, I didn't like it either. But I also hated Midnight in the Garden of Yeah. I didn't love it. The more I think about Midnight, the less I liked it. I gave it three and a half stars at the time, but I think I'm taking the more I think about it, the more stars I want to revoke. Because it was just so like meh. It it yeah. drove me insane because like, okay, number one, it's like just wild that this journalist just happened upon all these people in yeah. his time there in Savannah. But then, like, but then later I kept digging because I wanted to know more about, you know, the whole Yeah, it's story. packaged as a true story. But then he, like, elaborated on yeah, something. Yeah, he made oh, up a lot of stuff of it. Oh, so it's not it made really me so mad. Yeah. It made me so mad. Um, Agreed. I was just, <laughs> I just looked at the blog post for Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh, yeah, and it was our notes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> last night. I, I made, have like, two full pages of notes for this stupid book. And then Tavia wrote down the title and the author. And nonfiction. I wrote down nonfiction, too. I wrote down three words. 
There are three things I mean. I totally forgot about that. I couldn't so organize funny. my thoughts in any manner that made sense. So I so thought I, I led there, that too. discussion. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. Hilarious. Okay. Before we move into the books, this is something I didn't tell you that I was doing, but I decided last minute to do. My all-time favorite episode. Damn it! Oh, okay. You go first. Both of our matchmaking episodes. I love our matchmaking episodes. They're my all-time favorite. I love them. And you and I, neither one of us have read everything that the other has given each other, but I loved them. We've read a lot of it, though, and mm-hmm. we've really enjoyed. So our recommendations are spot on. Oh, yeah. Um, like, But I also screw myself over with that because when I see a book that I think that you would love, I just send it to you. And I need to stop doing that because by the <laughs> time we them. get to that episode, I'm like, well, shit, yeah. I don't have anything else to tell you. I, I gave you all the books. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I also, love a those follow episodes. up, RJ Jacobs. His episodes have uh-huh. been spectacular. And then Dion Leonard, when we had him on and we got to see Gobi and talk about his book, Finding Gobi. I just, oh, such that a wild. Whole, yeah. That whole like episode that was wild and, and special to me. So that episode was really special to me, but still best memories are, are both of our matchmaking episodes for sure. Yeah. Um, I also loved that we had we got to have a local book uh, a local indie bookstore owner on yes. the on the so- podcast. This was in the very early days, actually, yeah. um, but we had her on, and unfortunately, uh, that shop is now closed. Um, yeah, but she's doing other things. She she's she like a is. nonprofit now. Uh, she's still in the book community. Mm-hmm. She's just doing nonprofit. Yes. Um. So that was a star, and um. That was episode 24, actually. So, yeah, that was in our early days. But, yeah, I loved that episode, too. Um, I like them all. Yeah, they're all spectacular. I personally love our Oscar episodes as well. Yes, those were your brain I, babies. I love the Oscar episodes. I'm a huge Oscar butt, like fan. I used to throw Oscar parties. And so, why can't there be Oscars for books? Because there should. Um and it's turned into a competition to one up each other in the categories. <laughs> so you know. I won this year. Tavia won last year. So we'll we'll break the tie next year. We'll see. Those are always our first episode of every year. We come back from our winter break with an Oscar episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those were those are good good episodes. We've too. had some good we had some good times. Mm-hmm. You remember that time that you talked about going to Dolly Parton's and making fudge? I do. That was what, spectacular. That had to be in like one of the first five. I think it was episodes. like the first or second episode. Yeah, I, I do remember that. I was really excited about meeting Dolly, and you were like, "Well, what would you bring Dolly?" And I was like, "Uh, fun." <laughs> and then we proceeded to laugh for like ten minutes. Yeah, we had to edit that episode so hard. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, my maiden name is Parton, and Dolly is like my 10th cousin. And so I had tried to tell Susie that I went to her house for Christmas and like, convince her that this was a thing. And and she wanted to go and go have Christmas with Dolly and make fudge. And I've never met the woman, y'all. We're like super distant cousins, okay? But Susie wanted to take her fudge. Like really excited about taking Dolly fudge. Yeah, um, I would love to meet Dolly, especially now. Like, she's an amazing human being. 
Yeah. And she saved, uh, the, she saved the world, guys, last year. Bless her. All of the Lord's blessings can go to Dolly. <laughs> That's fine. Well, um, shall we get into some books? Yes. Um, this was so difficult for me to narrow so down. Difficult. I picked books that made me feel the most feelings. That's so, like, what I did too. Not necessarily sad feelings or happy feelings, but like books when I look back and I'm like, yes, I still talk about that. I still tell people to read that. I still, you That's know. That's what I and did. And they had to be five stars. Agreed. I did. Um, I gave... I went through and went through all my four and five star reads Mm -hmm. and then I kind of narrowed it down from here. Yes. I've got ones that evoked the most feeling for me and then ones that I wouldn't shut the hell up about and kept Mm -hmm. putting in people's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I agree. Uh, I, do you want me to go first or do you want? It doesn't matter. Okay. I will go first. Um, Shocking. No one. I'm going to go with seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. (laughs) Guys, I have talked about this book. I have talked about this book for two years. Mm -hmm. Two years. I still haven't shut up about her. Yeah. Um, It was a really good one. It was incredible. And I think, number one, I was stunned because it evoked so much feeling for me when it was set in, like, the the 40s and you span... I'm pretty sure it started in the 40s. Yeah, it started went, in the 40s. I yeah. was thinking in my head. Apparently, my face has a mind of its own today. Yeah, she, could you chill with your face, please? Stop. Thanks. <laughs> Put your face away. I work from home. I don't have to control my face anymore. <laughs> it's got a mind of its own now. Um, but again, this is by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And we follow... So, Evelyn Hugo, we meet her initially when she is quite old. And she is telling a journalist. I do love it. favorite. Woman. She is telling kind of her life story to a journalist. No one has ever gotten Evelyn Hugo's real life story. She's she been had this seven husbands. She's had seven husbands. She was a starlet. Um, she's had an insane life, and I cannot begin to tell you the the amount of feelings that this book gave me. It was just oh my god, so good. And the amount like, of quotes again. Oh, it's the same so with good. Daisy Jones and this one. Yes. Taylor Jenkins is an infinitely quotable. Yes. Um, just she's wonderful. Beautiful, beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love her to pieces. She's going to be a ride or die for me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually own one of her books, another one, and I haven't picked it up yet because I'm like, am I ready to be like just brutally like cut to pieces because yeah. of another book um because i just know since you're so new does. out of your romance phase I, maybe you should wait that's what i'm thinking too yeah i think that it might scare you to go back <laughs> to regress so we don't want another 60 books of romance <laughs> right? so maybe i should <laughs> but i am working i am working on it i'm very proud of myself I, am I have read many different things. I have actually well. read almost as much romance as you have, so I have no room to talk. I I think I pulled you into it, though. I you think really it's did. it's still on me. Well, and the thing is, I love a good challenge. <laughs> so when you gave me the Year of Smut challenge, it was like full steam ahead. I needed yeah. <laughs> like we have twelve months to fill this bingo card thing, and I've already got. And Tavia was up. like already <laughs> ready to go, and I was like, "Girl, we've got like nine months left." <laughs> I know. But, like, I guess the way my mind works, having empty spaces on something does not sit well with me. So hurry up and fill it up, and then I can breathe again. So <laughs> I've been full steam I ahead. Get it. On that. 
I get it. Okay, well, my first one is also going to shock no one because we talk about it quite often, and that's Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. (laughs) Love it. She's going to be another ride or die for me. And I talked about not too long ago, One Last Stop, which is her Mm -hmm. new one. And um, I had read an ARC of it. So good. But this one made me ridiculously happy. Like, like constant smiling the whole time. Like even when I think about it, I get a grin on my face. Like it was just, it made me so happy. And that's not to say that there weren't heavy moments in it. There definitely were. But Mm -hmm. overall it was like just giddy. It made you feel giddy. Yeah. And who doesn't want to read about the president's child and a prince of England getting together? Like, so why president in this book is a, is a woman and her son, Alex, the first son, has a international kerfuffle with the Prince of England, Prince Henry. And so the PR team is kind of like, yeah, you guys have got to fix this. So they start talking to each other. And it turns out they might be in love. <sighs> it's so I loved good. It so much. It was it's so, so good. good. Yeah. Um, I loved it so much. I bought it like without reading it which I typically don't do with romances because for the most part you read a romance you probably won't read it again yeah um but that one like I bought it without reading it and just and then shoved it in my hand when she finished it she literally, literally brought it to me literally and shoved it in my hand. yes um uh worth it you're welcome so worth it it, um, it is one of my all-time favorite books so good oh my gosh and then we made Caitlin read it and Caitlin loved it um it's just so good. So good. Ugh, all the feelings for that one as well. Okay, this one is actually going to be a shocker because it shocked the hell out of me. But it made it through my bracket. Interesting. Um, so this is going to be 13 by Steve Cavanaugh. Do you even remember me talking about this? No. Okay, so this one was... What were your bracket criteria? So I literally made a list of everything and it was just these two, these two, like... It just oh, happened went, to be two, whoever, yeah, it was just whoever was right next to each other. That makes sense. Um, and this one is about a serial killer who will kill a person and then make their way onto the jur and frame someone for the murder. I, do, I remember this now. And then would make their way onto the jury to watch the person he framed be um convicted of this murder and it like that was it's just a horrible crime because one it's murder which is awful but then he frames someone and then they get on the jury to make sure like was this one a true story no it is it is a fiction oh my god if that was a true story i would probably never leave the house i was just thinking how do you force your way into a jury when that selection process is so random um they're a serial killer. That's all I can say. Okay. Um, but this one. Oh, I, I think I get it. <laughs> <laughs> get there faster. <laughs> My brain is very slow today. We've already established. We've had a hundred episodes. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, but this one was wild. So you're you follow one of the um, attorneys and then 
the serial killer's perspective. You don't know who the serial killer is on the jury. So you're as the, when you're looking at the lawyer's perspective, you're looking at the jurors and trying to figure out which one the serial killer is. It's wild. Oh my God. Like it was so, so good. And it completely, I was absolutely certain I knew who it was. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I got this. It's like, whatever. I could stop reading right now. And nope, mm -mm, not even a little bit. What is I correct? Um, Oh my God. It was so good. And I kept putting this into people's hands when I was working at a bookstore. I was like, have you heard about this book? You should read it. Hey, do you like reading about serial killers? You should read this book. Like, (gasps) it was so good. (laughs) Loved it. It was such a fun reading experience because those types of books, when you're trying to figure out the killer, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can figure it out pretty quickly and that's always kind of disappointing. Um, but that one was wild. So nice. good. Oh, what you got? City of girls by Elizabeth Gilbert. This is somewhat recent, isn't it? Uh, I think it came out in either the late 2019 or early 2020. I meant for you, like your reading. Like, Oh you yeah. Read I think I read recent. it last year. Okay. But, it has my favorite thing of all time, an old woman looking back on her life and telling her life story. So we follow Vivian Morris, and the story picks up when she is kicked out of Vassar College, and her parents are fed up with her, and they're like, we're done with you. And she's kind of like a socialite rich girl, and um, they send her to New York City to live with her Aunt Peg. Well, her Aunt Peg runs a theater and this is the 1940s in, in um, New York City. And so her Aunt Peg runs a theater that has showgirls. So Vivian gets immersed in the theater world of the 1940s and then is telling her story until you get to the present day and you figure out who she's actually talking to. It's never, okay. you're never clear who she's talking to until the very end. Okay. Um, and so it's just really, I mean, showgirls, the 1940s, we lived through the war. Um, Vivian has some like life stuff that happens that's really okay. crazy and it's just it's beautiful it was a beautiful story it was really empowering for female for female friendship for you know I don't need a man for, for independence and especially to have been set when it was mm-hmm. um, and then obviously you know as she's an old woman looking back I sincerely hope that someday I can be this 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 way. Tavia, I promise you, when you are old, you can tell me all the stories you want to. Thank you. You're that welcome. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'll even write them down to make you feel extra special. Yes. <laughs> sounds fantastic. But also, I would like I would like some young person I can impart life wisdom to. As well. Okay. Okay. All right. So, like, I'll find if, someone. If you could bring along a child with you. Okay, I could possibly find someone. <laughs> I was so like, just pick up a random child on the way in. Please let them know you. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, I can just snatch a child. I was like, no, that might make me sound bad. But then you did it anyway. So, yeah, it's fine. I was like, there's no guarantees that it'll be my child. That's funny. <sighs> okay. My next one is going to be a nonfiction, and this is going to be one of the very first books that I told you guys about, and 
It'll be The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers. This was written by Maxwell King. It's literally from from Mr. Rogers being born, everything that happens in his life up until he dies, and then some after. It was just incredible. I know that I have talked about my love of Mr. Rogers many times, but love him to pieces. I wish he was still around to tell me how to deal with COVID. Um, yeah, he was just a wonderful person. I loved him dearly. And the book is incredible. It is huge. It is a giant book. So like you have to, you have to really love Mr. Rogers to read it, but I do. And I ate it up. I loved it. So good. I have pressed this into many people's hands as well. And it's, um, you've talked about it a lot. I love it. Love it. Um, very, very good book. Yeah. And a lot of stuff that you didn't know about his life that you learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were so, I mean, there were like a thousand different things that I learned about him. One of them though, I didn't know that his family was as well off as they were like where, like the family that he was born into was Mm -hmm. incredibly well off. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he was as accomplished a pianist as he Mm -hmm. actually was when he's just playing like the little diddles for, uh, kids and stuff like it's just it's cute but I didn't know that he was like legit I remember what stuck out to me about when you talked about it is you said that he his mother told him to always look for the helpers and I that stuck with me just even as like an kind of an everyday thing in a stressful Mm -hmm. situation like for the helpers and I thought that was really cool I love him you know Will Wheaton has a tattoo of a cardigan and it says, always look for the helpers. It's Aww. on his arm. Yeah. Fresh. Love him. I know. Um, kind of makes me want to get a tattoo for Mr. Rogers. Um, but I I, ugh, I, love him so much. And I bought it. Um, and I, I still do this. I will always own it. I yeah. will tell children. Like, do you know who Mr. Rogers is? No? Here you go. Here's a 500-page book to read all about him. Love it reminds him. me of the conversation, and I think I said this at the time, the conversation that I had with Bella when she called him Fred Rogers, and I, no, like, no. lost my mind. <laughs> he earned the title of Mr. Yes. Got to show him that respect. Respect the man. <laughs> Love oh, him. well, I'm going to go about as far away from Mr. Rogers as you could possibly get. Awesome. I'm excited. Tell me all about yeah. it. This next one I'm going to talk about is not technically one book, but is a series that I mentioned pretty much every episode. Ooh, I think I know. And that is the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm pretty sure I read every book that was out up until that point in the span of one month. You sure damn um, did. As of right now, there are 18 books in the series, and the 19th one is coming out April 20th. Good. And they are giant books. Yes. They are and not. There are tiny books. like a, a subset of books. Like there's a, sit, a set in this world that, that takes place in the same world about different characters. That still and who wrote those? J.R. Ward. Okay. Huh? Yeah. That, and that lady is quite prolific. Yes, for those of you that are new here, I have a Welcome. serious obsession. Yes, I love the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Uh, it's smutty, so just forewarning you. But it's about an, a group of elite vampire warriors. And they're scary vampires, but they don't feed off of humans. They feed off of 
other vampires, technically. Um, and the first book is called Dark Lover. And the names in this book series are kind of funny. So the first book is about Wrath. And it's <laughs> W-R-A-T-H. And about Beth. And Wrath is the only remaining pure blood vampire and the vampire community wants him to take his rightful place as king but he's been kind of avoiding it and he meets beth and she is just hitting her transition so you as a vampire are basically human until you're 25 and then when you turn 25 you transition into a vampire and so he meets her right at the time she hits her transition and he's like gonna help guide her through it and then the series will follow another person in the um, brotherhood. And each book will follow a different series of persons. And then she goes back and follows up on this couple. And then follows up on the next couple. So it's spectacular. The I love anything vampire related. But the world building is just phenomenal. I love the smutty factor. I love the vampires. I love the follow up to each couple. And I love each couple has their own story and backstory. And just like, it's just really, really awesome. The whole thing. <laughs> they sound awesome. I want to, I want to read them. It's just, God, it's very daunting. It is daunting. Look. And I have the, um, the 18th book. I have it sitting here <laughs> beside me and I haven't gotten it into it yet. Um, so I'm proud that I'm only one book behind. Which that is, is pretty, very good for you. Yeah. But Much if I wait proud. until April, I'll be two books behind. And then you'll never read it again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I want to read those. They sound amazing. They are. They're right up my alley. Okay. My next one is going to be another nonfiction. Uh, a year or two ago, kind of, I broadened my horizons and jumped head first into nonfiction and never looked back. I had never been a nonfiction reader until just a couple of years ago. You tend to kind of get on a trope of something and stick with it for a little bit. I do. I do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's what really got me into it. Because now, yeah. like, I'll read a nonfiction about something I know nothing about just mm-hmm. because, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm about to start a nonfiction about the Pappy Van Winkle whiskey family. It's like, so Pappy Van Winkle, I'll tell you all about it later, but Pappy Van Winkle created a whiskey and their whiskey bottles are now like four or $500 a pop, but it's kind of telling you how they got to that point. It sounds very interesting. Chris is a big whiskey person. And so I've heard of it and I was like, how did y'all do that? Never would have cared about it before, but now I'm like, Ooh, tell me more. (laughs) Anyways, um, I'm going to talk about the moment of lift how empowering women changes the world. You remember me. Yes. I I figured you were going to talk about this one. Crying over this book. I wept Mm -hmm. over this book. So this is by Melinda Gates. It is not a giant book at all, but it was absolutely incredible. If you want to hear how women's lives are in other places, read this book, like completely eye-opening heartbreaking life-changing book so melinda gates many many years ago kind of decided like okay so she's married to bill gates very very philanthropic couple so trying to decide what you're going to do with all these funds is a lot and Mm -hmm. she decided that she wanted to make lives of women 
better, uh, which is a phenomenal thing to mm-hmm. do. So she kind of went head first and kind of went down the path of, and this is more in other countries where they really struggle with this, but if a woman determines that she does not want to have a child right now in certain areas of the world, that's just not a choice that she gets to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was kind of how she got her toe into the water mm-hmm. and just dove right on in. So she covers um, some really triggering stuff in this book. I'll warn you. Um, but it was so good. It was so incredibly eye-opening. I can't, I don't even have words to explain it, but it was just so eye-opening and so well written and well explained for someone like mm-hmm. me that really doesn't know what yeah. what's going on in the to world women. in general. Yeah, what's going on to women in other countries? Um, you kind of hear about things, but you never really know. And she has been there. She has been to these villages. She has been to people's homes that have gone through really traumatic, horrifying things mm-hmm. that they only do to women. Um, and, oh my god, it was so good. It was, it was incredibly, incredibly moving. And I bawled when I talked about it. I bawled when I read it and I bought it. And then I cried over reading a few passages. I think you got teared up in the episode that you discussed it too. I did. Like (laughs) you were still talking about your book. And I was just thinking like, I'm going to have to talk about this book next and was already tearing up. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge moment for me reading it so highly highly recommend it good okay i am going to talk next about the alice network and that is by kate quinn and another thing besides old women looking back that i absolutely adore is a two-time period book and that's what this is so it's about charlie and eve and so you, you're following a female spy during World War I, and she's recruited into the real-life Alice Network. So the Alice Network was a real spy ring in World War I. And then you're also following American socialite who is in London looking for her cousin in 1947. So we're, we're in 1915 and we're in 1947. And the two lives of these women are intertwined And each story progresses to the point where we meet and we figure out, you know, who each woman, you know, what each woman is. And it's heartbreaking. It's beautiful. It's redemptive. It's just spectacular. And both wars, both, both world wars, women crushing it, doing their own thing, being their own people. I mean, female spies, that's pretty awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So for that to have been a real thing that this this was actually based on, some of the characters were based on real people, that was really cool to me. Yeah, that sounded really cool. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I love books about the Holocaust, and I love books about World War One. So this just put it all together. I love it. That there was even of- a sexy Scottish guy in there. Ooh, that reminds me of the episode where we went to the bookstore, like to the used bookstore that we always talk about. <laughs> the Holocaust. <laughs> Not the reaction everybody else had, but no, I was very excited to find a whole section dedicated to books about the Holocaust because we found that, some that fascinates me. Of course, that it whole does. time period does. So, 
What a nerd. I know. <laughs> I mean, we are on our hundredth episode of a book podcast, so I really have no yeah. uh no ground to stand on there. But yeah. <laughs> okay. My fifth one is going to be another nonfiction, and you will not be surprised about this. It's Death's Acre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is my, this is by Dr. William Bass. He single-handedly created the the forensics department that um, is now at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. He single-handedly made it what it is today, which is the leading school for all things forensic, um, criminology, all of that. It was so good. I'm very excited because I recommended Susie get involved in reading about Bill Bass. So I'm not sure if I told you about this one or if I told you about it was a, a series that he wrote. It was that one. It was the series, the fiction series that he wrote with John Jefferson. So it's, is it Jefferson Bass? Jefferson Bass. How they, yeah, that's yeah. how they put their names Taylor. Um, but yeah, I did start with that and that opened me up to a whole new world. <laughs> um, so if you want to know why I love all things dead bodies, it's really Tavia's fault. But your obsession began before me or I would never have recommended it to you. So you cannot blame me for this. It's Tavia's fault. So this is, <laughs> um, he kind of goes through how he got into um, this job. So he basically, he started kind of as an anthropologist. He was doing digs out in Montana and it kind of just fell into his lap. But this also kind of talks about how they started the body farm, which if you live anywhere in our area, you have heard of the body farm. It's kind of like the scary, creepy, crawly place that people tell you you're going to end up one day. It's this um, massive place that they study decomposition of bodies in various elements. So, like, yes. they'll leave it laying out in the elements to get rain or snow or whatever and just study how the body decomposes. Yeah. It's wildly fascinating if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, but they also kind of talked about how before they had the body farm, they still needed to study and learn these things. And so... <laughs> One, he had them in the closet. He had a dead body in the closet. And this poor janitor was just trying to do their job and clean a room and opens a door and there's the, oh, there's a dead body in the closet. Uh, and that's kind of where people get the stories that there are dead bodies under the UT stadium, which is where their the anthropology is. department yeah. was underneath the stadium for a while. But there are no dead bodies there anymore. They're all at the body farm. But uh, that story always cracked Tavia up, and it made me laugh too. Yes, um, it's spectacular. It was so cool. Um, one of my after hearing this episode, I had a friend that listened, and Dr. Bass was actually this was before 2020. Um, but Dr. Bass was actually doing a talk somewhere nearby, and I was about to move heaven and earth to get and go, and I t I missed it. Something was happening during that time, and I missed it. Mm -hmm. But he was here. <laughs> giving his talk and I missed it I was devastated yeah um, but yeah I I'm a big fan of him and his work and his contributions um to how we solve crimes and things and he is he has had his hand in so many of the world's or the nation's biggest 
um, not scandals, but I guess deaths. He's um, he was involved in the in this was well before his time, but the body was exhumed in the Lindenberg kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a gosh, I can't remember his name now, but there was a singer that died in a plane crash and they exhumed his body and he looked at it. Ricky Valens? Maybe. I can't remember the name. Um, I wasn't planning on. Yes, it was the big bopper. They Um, all died in the same plane crash, him and Ricky Valens. Okay. Yeah, it was the big bopper. It was the day that music died. That. Whatever. Um, But so it was just, it was so cool to kind of hear him talk about it. And he also kind of has a follow up book to the body farm and it's called beyond the body farm where it's basically just Way an extension there and i know it. hilarious um but it's just an extension of it um and he just he kind of just goes through and talks about some of the things that he's kind of had his hand in um it was just oh it was so good loved it so much and it's so weird that i like it because i'm I'm pretty sensitive. It's really not. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> I Well, I find myself pretty sensitive, at least, like, anxiety-wise. And so it is very odd that I like this when normally I would assume that it, like, stresses me out. But no. Mm-mm. Thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoy it. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the last one I'm going to talk about is my only nonfiction book mm-hmm. on the list. And that is I Am Malala. Oh, by Malala Yousafzai, which it took me quite a while to learn how to pronounce that. So now any chance I get to say it, I'm going to say it. (laughs) That was Malala Yousafzai. Thank you. You're welcome. And in case you live under a rock, this is about the girl Malala who was shot in the face by the Taliban for going to school. And she has recently graduated from Oxford. Oh, I didn't know that she graduated. Yay, her. So it's her story. It's set in Pakistan, which is just where she is. It talks about the history of Pakistan, how it, you know, it kind of used to be part of India, and there was a split. It also br- briefly talks about the history of the Taliban, especially the, in that area. And then it talks about her father being a proponent of educating women, having schools, and then her just wanting to go to school and how that was such a radical thing for the time and the area and so the Taliban orders this hit on her and she gets shot in the face and it's about her recovery from that and then how she's dealing with life post uh, incident as a celebrity she has a foundation the Malala Yousafzai or Malala Foundation I think that's what it's called and um, she's just a spectacular person her father spectacular and it, it shines light on something that people are not talking enough about. And it was just, for me, it was, like, mind-altering. Like, sh- mind-shift. Like, it, it rocked my world as far as the enlightenment that I got from what I read about from her. And how she views the world and how she sees things even after this tragedy happened to her. And mm-hmm. how things that I took for granted, you know are things that she is dying to have, basically. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, that was one that you couldn't stop talking about mm-hmm. for ever. Yes, I want everyone to read it. I think I think it should be required reading in school, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. 
that's how much I think it, it's significant. I mean, it's better than some of the crap that you're forced to read. That We like, spent a whole episode talking about that early on, about yeah. uh, school reading. Oh, Lord, great expectations. <laughs> Ugh, I have PTSD. But you still have it on your wall. Shut up. I don't like to think about it. <laughs> Lord. Um, but we did do a couple of really fun episodes where we got um, – current school reading lists and read some of the books and um yeah that was a fun that was and some that we thought should be on school Mm -hmm. reading lists Mm -hmm. we also did the Rory Gilmore reading that was like one of our first or one of our episodes yeah I think it was the third maybe um and that is actually still a very big listened to episode Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was fun too we went down we went through the list and kind of checked off the ones that we had read and talked about. Uh, yeah, that was a, a fun episode. That was a fun one. Well, I have a few honorable mentions I want to talk about. Same. Uh, these are going to just be super quick, just naming them. Uh, Stalking Jack the Ripper, the the whole series. <gasps> yes, that was going to be one of mine. It's spectacular. Um, the Tattooist of Auschwitz by Heather Morris fantastic um you can infer from context it is about the tattoo of auschwitz or the <laughs> tattooist of auschwitz um but he's jewish and the the prison guards there as a punishment really make him tattoo the numbers on the incoming prisoners so you're mm-hmm. you're defacing the property or the the skin of your own people which right. is kind of, you know humiliating in and of itself but is the only Nazi book that I have read that has a decent happy ending like I mean as as happy as it can be for this type of thing Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I loved it so much Um, Last Christmas in Paris by Hazel Gaynor and this is about World War One I don't even remember you talking about that I talked about it um, early last year Mm early last year uh it's about um it's told from the perspective of two childhood friends uh one is a female and she stays home and then the guy goes away to war and they write letters to each other and kind of fall in love with each other um during the course of this war um i have several others do you want me to take a break and let you go for a minute yes please thank you um one is going to be sadie by courtney summers This is a YA where we follow Sadie. Um, Her sister was found murdered. And Sadie, you follow Sadie on her path to finding out what happened to her sister. But you also follow a podcaster that is just like two steps behind Sadie in telling her and her sister's story. And, oh, my God, it was so good because I read it shortly after listening to the podcast serial and it was very much that style of podcast in the book so good um heartbreaking but it was also like come on get to her faster like hurry 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 oh oh, so good I read it until the wee hours of the morning because I could not stop um I also recently read Sense and Sensibility for the very first time that's by Jane Austen um you should probably know what it's about. Um, so I will just say that I absolutely loved it. Just cry laughed over her sense of humor, especially with how old that book is. Um, 
And then I'll mention one more, and then you can go again. Um, A Natural History of Dragons by I'm Emily surprised Brennan. you didn't pick this one. As it one was your- on my list. It barely, mm-hmm. barely missed it. But yes, this was so good, too. So this is in a world set with where dragons are real. And it's kind of in, like, it's somewhere in the uh, 1800s. And it's it's told... Uh, so it's um, a natural history of dragons, the memoirs of Lady Trent. And Lady Trent ends up kind of convincing her husband to go with him on this excursion where they go and look for dragons so they can study them to know more about them. And it was so good. If you know me, you know I love weird animals. Um, so dragons, of course, are on that list. So freaking good. It's actually a series and I have not read the rest of these books. But I desperately want to. Such a good opener for the series. And I can't wait to see mm-hmm. kind of where it goes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about Sky in the Deep. And that's by Adrian Young. That's right. So good. It's about a Viking shield maiden. And she gets captured by her enemy. And ends up being sold as a slave to her enemy. And it's a YA. So it's not. I mean, it's intense. But it's not you know, as intense as it could have be, but mm-hmm. it was just so good. All the loved, all things Vikings loved the story, how it progressed. She kind of falls in love with the enemy that has taken her hostage and she's suspicious of him. He's suspicious of her and they're kind of trying to work to create this, this different world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it was just beautiful um, to kill a kingdom. And that is by Alexandro Cristo. And that is about the siren. Uh, so there's a siren queen and her daughter, the siren princess. So it's about her. And then a siren hunter. And they meet and cross paths. And they're both looking for this thing. And she says she'll help him. And they kind of form a romantic relationship and it's like can this possibly work she's gonna be a you know she's a siren he's a person um that that hunts sirens and hates them but it kind of works out anyway it was still really beautiful um the gown by jennifer robson this is one that you recommended to me this is the uh it's about two different women but they both work on the wedding dress of uh princess elizabeth at the time for mm-hmm. her 1947 wedding and there's so much else going on in the story but that's you know basically the heart of it um let's see the unhoneymooners by christina lauren loved it it was my one of my favorite christina lauren's it's enemies to lovers the best man and the bride's sister maid of honor are the only two people that don't get um, sick at a wedding and so the bride has won a honeymoon and she's like you have to go on my honeymoon and these two people hate each other but they take the honeymoon anyway so they don't lose it mm-hmm. and um, it's romance you know they fall in love but it's hysterical it's set in Hawaii it's you know spectacular but then we also see them come home and deal with real life that's I what like. I liked about it I have more but you can go on okay thank you 
Um, another one that I'll talk about, and you're going to laugh at this, it's Hamilton the Revolution. Yes! And <laughs> it's the giant book that kind of Alexander details. Hamilton. Yes. And so this is by Lin-Manuel Miranda, of course. But it really goes into detail about his writing of the musical. And then it, it literally has the lyrics of every single song in the musical and little annotations about his thoughts on certain things and what was going on in his life at that time. Oh, it was so good. I loved it so much. I love background stuff like that. And I read it to you. Let me borrow it. And I read it too. Yes. And it was fantastic. So good. Um, and then I will also, again, you will not be shocked at this, of uh, Devolution by Max Brooks. This was my Bigfoot book that I was just dying to read as the lady. moment I heard about it. Uh, this is set in Washington State. Um, the volcano has erupted and it completely knocks out uh, the power in this very hoity-toity, off-the-grid little suburban area. But it also completely um, cuts them out from the rest of the the state, the rest of the area. Because um, the way the volcano erupted, it completely blocked the road out of there. So they're completely stuck. They have no food. They have no way to contact people to let them know that they're stuck. And all of a sudden, a family of Bigfoot. Big feet? (laughs) What would the plural of Bigfoot? Bigfoots sound silly. So does Big Feet? A family, okay, Bigfoot and its a family. A family of Sasquatch? Thank you. That's what we'll go with. A family of Sasquatch show up, and it is wild. <laughs> wild. I have also Big kept feet. told. <laughs> I have told multiple people to read it. Absolutely loved it. And then Hinch. Loved Hinch. I've t- I talked about I it very recently. you were going to talk about it, too. Yeah. I, I talked about it in our Oscars book of this, uh, our Oscars episode of this year. So I won't touch too much on it, but Hinch, oh my God, so good. An indie author. Um, she doesn't have anything else that she's written and I want her to be my best friend, but she never responded to my Instagram message. So I guess that won't happen. And I'm very sad about it. <laughs> well, I'll be your consolation prize. Thanks. I appreciate you. Okay, I just have three more uh, really quickly. Won't even go into too, too much detail. Daughter of the Pirate King by Trisha Levenseller. I desperately want to read that as well. I forgot about those. The Ten Thousand Doors of January by mm. Alex E. Haro. So Such beautiful. a pretty cover. Yes. Uh-huh. And then Susie's favorite, Serpent and Dove by Shelby Marin. I didn't have a problem with the book. <laughs> No, she has an explicit problem with me. Her problem was absolutely with me. Tavia was like, Susie. didn't end on a cliffhanger, and she feels that it 100% did. It did. I didn't think that the cliffhanger was so bad that it could not be overcome, but Susie is still to this day very angry with me about it. It was rude. But the difference the, of opinion is what it is. The final book in that series comes out later this year. Yes. And y'all y'all know that I am going to read them all within like a week. So yes. it'll be fine. I'm going to go back and read. I have Blood and Honey as well. I own it. So I'm going to go back and read Serpent and Dove and then read them in order once the final book comes out. Mm-hmm. Same. 
Oh, Aurora Rising. Also, I loved that one. I haven't read the follow-up to that one yet either, but I did love that one. Is that a duology? Do you know? I think there's going to be a third one, but I I don't know because I haven't read the second one yet. Um, It was another one I got into not realizing it was going to be a series. I thought it was a standalone, and then I realized it's a series. So I'm waiting for it. Gotcha. Yeah, and another beautiful-looking book. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two that I've read this year that I'll just... I'll just mention because I've talked about them recently, but the hating game by Sally Thorne. Yes. So good. And then I just talked about this meet you in the middle by Devin Daniels. Absolutely loved it. It made me so happy. Um, And we are best friends now, Devin and I. So it's fine. Yes. We have had a few authors like and comment on our stuff recently, and we have absolutely not let it go to our heads at all. We're very level headed about it. Died. This is me talking to you from the grave. That wouldn't shock me. You're very weird. <laughs> you know that I can't just die and leave you alone. I know. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> My husband sent Susie and I a um, meme thing recently about King George. And it was um, Prince Harry's son and Meghan Markle's son in 36 years can run for the president of the United States. It said, way to play the long game, George III. (laughs) You'll be back. (laughs) Spectacular. Chris's favorite part in the, in the musical is King George. Yeah. But happy 100th. 100. I had champagne today to celebrate. So I had water. But so, So very happy about. I'm so happy we've made it to 100. We've been thinking about this episode for forever. Like, can will we ever get there? It's never going to happen. Like, it's it so seems far away. so far away. Yeah, but yeah, I can't believe we made it. it so I good. hope you enjoyed our greatest hits. Yeah, it was such a good episode, mm-hmm. and Reliving. we will be we will be heavily on Instagram this week. So yes. y'all. Check us out. Um, talk to us there. We're gonna be all over our. We're gonna be all over our Insta stories. We're gonna be posting pictures of all the books we talked about. As many as we can possibly fit in this week, mm-hmm. we will do it. Uh, check us out there. We're also gonna be running. We're also gonna be running a giveaway on Instagram. Another one, very exciting. So stay y'all, tuned. This one's yes. a secret giveaway that we didn't warn you about, and we we're sneak attacking you with (laughs) way to go with that (laughs) i told you my brain doesn't work today (laughs) but yes uh follow us on instagram maybe keep an eye out on our stories and we will see you guys there it's gonna be a good week all right and continue to come back because uh 101 will be just as fantastic (laughs) (laughs) yes come back and listen for more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes thank you guys so much for listening to us we yes, super thank you. We mega appreciate without it without you listening so we appreciate it yes and stay tuned for more fun stuff alright bye, bye. bye.